Hello all, welcome to the Lunar Sea Spire Cartoon Fan Podcast. This is episode 331, and today we'll be talking about Orangusnake Begins from Mau Mau, Heroes of Pure Heart. I'm GC13. And I'm David. So decisions, decisions, which, what is the moment of Orangusnake Begins? <laughs> there are some really good ones. Well, there's, there's multiple episodes here. There's like, the ultimate endgame series finale villain episode. There's an origins episode. There's two episodes. Oh, <laughs> well, I don't know. The uh, the messing with Orangusnake could have been its own episode all by itself. Yeah, just hijinks. <laughs> hilarious. Hijinks with Orangusnake's feelings. Also, just an episode in which we try to seamlessly pronounce all of these combinatorial names, which I did not manage to write down. <laughs> And which I will not attempt to pronounce at any point during this episode. But uh, suffice to say, they were cool. I am impressed that Mama was able to remember the the first one's name. Yeah, I like that they didn't make it a joke that it was unpronounceable. They just went for it. By the time we got to the Mega Orangusnake, Giraffe, Rata, whatever. It was great. Speaking of Ratarang, his, uh, I'm gonna tell you Noah here was, was great today. It was very on point. They're always on point. All of them are beautiful little family who we finally get to see a peek behind the curtains when um, I believe it's the giraffe member. Yeah, Ramaraf. We don't want them to think they hurt us too bad. No, and we see why what motivates their we're okay because they really do feel as if they're in some kind of relationship with Mau Mau, which Mau Mau does recognize. Yeah, Mau Mau clearly, he, he, he fears Orangusnake, he's just not in fear with him. Not in fear with him. Now I'm, am I getting flashbacks to, uh, I'm getting flashbacks to the Lego Batman movie. I like to fight around. <laughs> There's good jokes to be made around, uh, <laughs> villain relationships. They're not, not quite romance. You know, uh, actually... For the most part, Mau Mau and Orangusnake do have a monogamously antagonistic relationship. Well, and it keeps going. Neither of them are fighting other people right now, so I, th- I think they're serious. When we eventually get there, episode 40, you know, very much takes this relationship in, in fun directions. They keep, they, they keep this up. You know, they, Mau Mau says he's not in fear, and he's not in fear, but he's not, he's not fighting around. No, very serious. So, uh, b- there is an origin story here <laughs> involving nan- involving nanners. Oh, yeah, gotta get Tanner his nanner. Gotta get Tanner- What- what is- <laughs> What- what is the snake's name, though? <laughs> because it's Tanner and, um- Wasn't it Cody or something? It's just something so plain, which is- <laughs> I mean, they just state it. Also, I don't know how to- I guess you have to know their names because I can't refer to Orangusnake. In half parts. <laughs> Let's see here. Kobe, not Cody. Okay. Kobe. So anyway, yeah, Kobe. Cody's a former TNT champion. Very different guy. Yeah, exactly. So that was, that was beautiful. Of course, it, there is a rivalry with Mau Mau that's at the heart of um, their union. And I still don't... It, it, they, it seems like they figured out the mechanics of being uh, a single unit really quickly. You know? Orangusnake just kind of becomes one as soon as they're united by a banana. Sure. Yeah, this is this is one of those it's a cartoon lol things and you know, I'm usually all about it's a cartoon lol on something like Mau Mau, but for Orangusnake, it really 
bothers me, like, the mechanics of, well, how wait, does wh- this work? How are they so united in thought and coordination? Because they really are, and there's no montage of them becoming one. They just, it's perfect synergy, and maybe it's through their union of crime? You know, I, I don't know. And they were partners for a while. That they, they were even uh, ecological activists. Ooh, bad dudes, right? <laughs> I, I, I love that they threw in, like, Oh, and they're environmental activists <laughs> because you know it's it's the it's the same poison ivy thing. You know they there's something good there. But so so what? It's like does does Kobe like squeeze on exact parts of Tanner's abs to tell him exactly where to put his arms or something? Or does no, Tanner I don't just know what the objective is. I think Tanner is the 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 brains of the entire operation. I I think. I think Kobe's just sitting up top there talking smack. I, I, I feel like they just have the same goals. But I don't I don't know if he's really directing him in any way. That's a good theory, though. I mean, because he, he is wrapped around him. But we just don't see that. It's not visually shown in any way. That, that could be a thing. I, I don't feel like we've ever seen Tanner act when Kobe could not see. It, it's If Kobe can't see, Tanner can't see. I don't know. I just don't think it's Ratatouille. I feel like Tanner's mm. making just as many decisions, but who knows? This was the question. I mean, if there was any long-standing mystery <laughs> in this show outside the Ruby Pureheart, I mean, the first time you see a Rangus snake, you were thinking, "What is going on there?" There is a face. There is a, a monkey's face and a, a, rang- a orangutan's face in the center of. The I thing. think of Garfield and Friends every single time. And as someone who did not view Garfield and Friends, you will have to enlighten me on the uh, relationship. On, on Garfield and Friends, there's a, there's a character, Wade the Duck, who has a little thing around his waist with his head on it. And the head always matches his facial expression. Like, if he does a double take, the thing will do a double take, too. It's great. <laughs> but is that <laughs> does that have a mysterious backstory? Or is it just like, what's that guy's name in OKKO? His shirt always Lol, describes- it's a cartoon. Yeah, it's just lol. It's a cartoon. I like that guy in OKKO whose shirt always matches what he's thinking. That's always oh, um, Brandon. Yeah, yeah, good old that retail trader. (laughs) So we have then transitioning from this, you know, incredibly touching backstory. We get to how that origin carries over into the very strong feelings that a ring snake has about you know being a truly fearful opponent to Mau Mau and. Finally, that dream is revealed, at least to him, he thinks it's been revealed, when the Ruby Pureheart mysteriously and inexplicably gives him power. Uh, you know, two souls for one, some weird trade there that apparently hasn't had any consequences since, I don't think. Eh. I guess it decided it didn't want their souls. <laughs> I can't imagine why. The design of this giant mech thing, I mean, they put in <laughs> all the stops. This definitely, it, it was just the joke that you know, this is like, this just final level, this is my final form thing, attacks, and literally no one in our core cast cares at all. <laughs> no one is concerned. Adorabat's like, where's the pizza? We can't have pizza without a home. <laughs> Badger Clops doesn't give a single flip the entire time. And Mau Mau is just like, yes, finally, I can become a worthy hero because my opponent is finally becoming a worthy opponent. It's great. I love that their reaction's like, there's never a single doubt or fear or sweat anywhere. I love how even as Mamau is about to die, he's still completely unafraid. He only lies about being afraid. So, like, 
usually when he said, oh, no, I, I wasn't really afraid, you know, usually that would be a lie, just like in the episode where he was popular, where Badger saying is, feed me little lies. <laughs> right. I mean, sometimes some monsters are legitimately dangerous. Yeah. But we heard Mamau's internal monologue there, and he was not the least bit afraid. He was just trying to come up with an insult, and he's like, wait, I'm not supposed to do that. I'm supposed to de-escalate. Right, remember, kids, good sheriffs de-escalate situations. Yeah, so Mamau finally learned somehow how to de-escalate, and, you know, our villains at least one time get to hear that they're feared, which is very sweet, before they get their butts sent flying back through the air. Shower thought. If you have to de-escalate, is it okay to take the escalator down? Or do you have to take the stairs? Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Not uh, gonna lie, I like that one almost as much as my Bo the Historian joke from the Shira <laughs> discussion video. So, Oh, good callback. Good callback. No, I... I feel very... I feel very strongly about the escalator joke. No, I, I like GC. I... That's... I like... <laughs> DS the de-escalator. I mean there's there's more there's more we can do there for sure. We'll workshop it. What is there to say about Rank a Snake? We find out his deepest insecurity that he's generally not very good, in Mamau's words. You know, I think we can all find something to relate to in that. Uh and we also get a, a, a the start of the mystery of the pure heart kind of ramping up a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, it still, it's been how long? Since this episode, you mean? I mean, I guess we could go by episode calendar days. It's uh, It's been a while. That's a slow burn. Long-term storytelling, baby. It's a slow burn. I mean, we do, I don't know how many episodes later it is from here, but we get a little bit of, we still haven't gotten to um, Adora Bat, right? Yeah, so there, there's more to come. No, Adorabat hasn't zinged anybody on this podcast, sir. Nope, so that's still coming up. But yeah, I don't know, you know, with that little hint of that at this point, we we really have no idea why. I mean, it got shot with a laser, you know, so maybe that gives it a little bit of activation. Yeah, I mean, that's where the excess energy came from, I think. But why it chose to spit it out in that specific form? Very good question. But a lot of power, right? I mean, we don't... You know, of course, I guess that machine. Now, what about that machine? Why was that in the dump? Is that like some old mech somebody had been working on that was just animated? I think most of it's the ship just reassembled. Okay, just a reassembled form. I guess I hadn't really noticed the head. Is the head a feature of the ship? Like at the, mm. the front of the ship? I haven't really gone over the design of Mecha, whatever his name is, because <laughs> all I know is I look at that thing and I'm reminded of, uh, you, you were talking about how he's the big, impressive, true final boss of the video game. And all I'm thinking of is I'm reminded of zero punctuation when Yassi said, it's like a concept artist sat down and started drawing and never stopped. It does have that, doesn't it? It's like, it's just so over the top and the cinematics of it. Like, they make oh, it cinematic, yes. which makes jokes like when Mamau <laughs> slips underneath and is about to roll them on his feet, and he's just like, your friends don't really like you. It's great, because that's just pure Mamau humor <laughs> shoved into this, you know, ridiculous fight scene. Uh, that, that, that was before he became Mecha. Oh, right, that's when he just shoves his hands, excuse me, yep. into his friends' mouths, and they're okay with that! Or they're not quite okay with it. 
I did really like that fight, though, because Mama was like, no, no, I'm not using the sword for this one. I, I, I want fisticuffs. <laughs> yeah, it's ridiculous. Also, we were talking just before the podcast started how Mau Mau is so on point with identifying the emotional weakness of Orangusnake and friends and how he's never been emotionally in touch with himself at all. Is he just lucky? That they're so, they wear their feelings on their sleeves that it's easy to manipulate them. Because Mau Mau uh, doesn't understand himself at all. That might be part of it. The Sky Pirates are very stupid. But I think the bigger <laughs> thing is he just got a lucky guess because they showed him struggling to come up with that insult. That's why there's, you're generally not that very good. Because <laughs> he has no idea at the start. So yeah, maybe that was the seed. You know, once he figures that out. But, I mean, remember we had an earlier episode where Orangusnake said, you know, well, you were wallowing in your, you know, family pat, family history or whatever. And he's like, wait, how did you know I was thinking about that? It's like, I didn't. It was just a lucky guess. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and that doesn't seem to be driving Orangusnake, so that's great. Maybe maybe we can say it's uh, the power of the ruby pure heart is speaking to everyone. Somehow. So... Thinking about, you know, how maybe that's affecting everybody or just, you know, how everybody's feelings are affecting them in the show. I noticed, selecting this episode on on, on the old Apple TV today, that uh, it just showed up. Common Sense Media Ratings. I kind of remembered those. It's like an organization that helps oh, parents understand shows. And, you know, they've had... I remember when they utterly failed to understand Steven Universe yes. as a series. They had a dramatically bad, bad take on Steven Universe with just, you know... It was it was bad. They watched the scene where they're trying to use Steven's gem to turn off the laser light cannon in the second episode, and it's like, whatever dialogue they heard in their ears had nothing to do with the dialogue that came out of the television. That what, what they said was happening was completely divorced from the actual context. Well, yeah, and they thought, astounding. I mean, it's just weird. They were like, Garnet and Amethyst are caricatures and bad portrayals of people on TV, and it's just, the whole thing was crazy. So, ignoring all that horribleness, well, well, this is actually a good preface, because now we can bring their judgment into question, because they have, (laughs) they always list, you know, how are there positive role models in this show? So they always have a rating on a a zero to five scale of positive role models. Three out of five for Mau Mau. (laughs) Wait, what, what rating? Three out of five. And by the way, they don't have to give it anything. That's not saying it's like mediocre. Mm. That's saying there is... At least three out of five level content of positive role models demonstrated okay, so in means... Mau Mau. Like some things are zero out of five. Like there's no drugs or sex. They put zero out of five. So three out of three out of five. They're they're counting. I guess Tanya, Snugglemane, <laughs> and who who's the last one? Tanya. Who's the who's children? Yeah, Tanya Keys. Tanya Keys, the the thief and trickster. Tanya Keys is my role model. <laughs> to to do what? To to fool people and sometimes you just gotta thumb your nose at authority. I mean, like you don't don't let people own you. That's what Tanya Keys believes in. Okay, okay. Um, King Snugglemane, really? So that's the two. Self confidence, right in the face of hair loss. Sure. And a, yeah, he doesn't have any other qualities that come in the way of that. Who's my third positive role model going to be? <laughs> Badger Clops, run away from your problems. <laughs> I was thinking, Adorbat's dad is meek, but, you know, he's a dad, so he's got that going for him. 
Oh, you know they didn't watch that far. No. I, um, so anyway, in case <laughs> their judgment was already in question, three out of five, I think Parker Simmons would get a kick out of that. <laughs> yeah, he would probably demanding to know, who on my show do you think is a good role model? <laughs> He's got to actively work again. I mean, I don't think he does have to work any harder to demonstrate that there's no positive role models. Although I will say, you know, Mau Mau, he doesn't get it a lot of the time, and neither does Badger Clops, but... Sometimes they do okay. They they sometimes do okay. A lot of the times they get in the way of themselves, but sometimes they do okay. I mean, I guess if you come at it from the viewpoint of understanding that even the best people are imperfect, Mamau and the crew are going to be good role models because uh. although they have all sorts of not great qualities, their hearts are genuinely in the right place. And, you know, they, they really try until they succeed. So Yeah, except yeah, like, I guess? we just talked about Steven Universe. <laughs> I think that yeah. demonstrates, not saying that, like, better show because or whatever, although, I mean, I like Steven Universe, but those characters are flawed, but, like, in a different way, that's good. <laughs> These guys are flawed in a purely funny way, but not in a, like, educational way. <laughs> yeah, any, any rating site that's gonna be talking about, does this show contain positive role models for your children, isn't actually going to use that explanation I just made up. They want, like, cut and dry, Mufasa good, Scar bad. Kind of thinking. Right, or maybe something closer at least to Steven Universe, where, like, Steven's a good boy who does nice things, except maybe then later on that actually mentally scars him a lot, and then he has to deal with that. So that's even, you know, it's a caution. It's a tale of caution for children. They would, yeah, they would probably rank future much lower than the main series, most likely. You know, you got um, Pink Pearl's handling things that's a positive yeah. role model and then prince pearl <sighs> i miss mega pearl yeah yeah so there you go Orangus snake big final boss emotional things happening ruby pure heart big question marks this is a this is a good one and tanya keys is the best role model <laughs> I, yeah, I can agree on that this show contains pinky it gets zero. <laughs> if you have Pinky, it's gone. You can't focus. Like, if I had a child watching Mau Mau, I would be, I, I wouldn't want them to see an episode with Pinky in it. Because the kid's just going to start running around. They're going to get stuff on their hands, wiping it on the walls. They're going to be making fart jokes. And there's just no, there's no role model. Sorry, that's off my chest now. Off my chest. Hide the mayonnaise. <laughs> oh, God. Would not have a house with mayonnaise and a child that has watched Pinky. Anyway, guys, that's been us on Oranga Snake Begins. Join us next week. Until then, I'm GC13. And I'm David. And stay away from my mayonnaise. And leave us a review anywhere you listen to podcasts. Later, everybody. Our opening and closing music is by Mark Soto. For more cartoon-related content, please visit LunarCeasefire.com.